You got to deliver clarity of what it is they're trying to accomplish. Certainty, right? Inspire certainty in them that they can actually accomplish it now because you're with them. And then you got to instill the confidence. You have to show up with the confidence to know that you can handle this. We are here for another episode of the Cold Star Project, the only podcast I'm aware of to teach you the unexpected challenges of scaling so you don't get punched in the nose when you try and move up from one revenue plateau to the next. My guest today is Jim Padilla. He's awesome. We were talking a little bit before the show and he was already getting into some of the things that uh, we're going to cover here. I wanted him back on because... He does something that a lot of people I know don't do. They don't have the guts to do or they don't have the foundation to be able to do it. He charges a $50,000 setup fee for one of his services. And I've known Jim a while, <laughs> you know, maybe a year and a half, maybe more. And it just occurred to me in the last couple of weeks, hey, maybe I should ask Jim how he does that because there's a lot that gets into it. And, you know, backing up that ability to ask for that amount and justify that amount in the prospect's mind, not just in your mind, although the first sale you need to make is to yourself. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad you're here today, Jim. Let's get into it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that service is and, and why you charge $50,000 as the starting point. Uh, yeah, well, with, with our, um, we have varying levels uh, of our outsourced sales service. And so we have a total outsourced process <clears throat> excuse me, where you hire our team, we come in and we are a fully integrated uh, sales division for you. So that's equipped with, uh, you know, if you imagine that, you know, most people think about when you hire a salesperson, you're thinking of a salesperson uh, or possibly a sales team, which could be two people or four people or 20 people. Um, but with us, it's a little different because you're actually integrating a sales division, hmm. fully equipped with a, you know, senior VP, director of sales to sales managers to trainers, coaches, everything and anything that is involved with keeping a sales team peak performing and optimized. And, and so you can imagine by trying to, if you had to hire everything that we could do for you on your own, you'd be spending a quarter million dollars a year just trying to hire all of that. But instead, you can hire us for a fraction of that and get more, you know, a 10x result minimum. I mean, we're, we're, we're not one of those companies that uh, you hire to make a few extra bucks. We're, you hire us when you are looking to scale. So most of our companies, are, our, our clients are trying to 10x, if not double their income. You know, if they're already huge, then it's about adding it. You know, they're trying to add a million dollar revenue stream or they're trying to do something big. Um, doesn't make sense to hire a company like us if you just need to make 10% more revenue, you know, something like that. Um, so that's that's the biggest piece is is really understanding that 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 value that you bring and and how to differentiate yourself because that's that literally everything I was just sharing with you I have on I have that same conversation with people on calls you know right and I, I've been there as a guy who uh, your company was like the big uncle version of our little thing when we were running it about third-party closing as a service so i know yeah it isn't just hire a salesperson we see that all the time especially on facebook oh just hire a commission-based salesperson and i'm like you are in for such a tough time because they are going to go off track and you're not even going to know for two weeks and you're going to be blowing your your lead generation cost all that money on generating those appointments for that whole period person's not going to be closing. They're not going to want to tell you about it. You're not going to know, right? You need that infrastructure that, that Jim here provides where they're watching, right? And they're observing the data and seeing, okay, this guy is off track. This salesperson, we need to 
coach and fix and, and bring them back. Exactly. We're, we're um, monitoring the numbers all the time, watching the metrics, you know, um, we're, we're managing, we're training we're, we are where most people, the sales process is a part of what you do. And for the average company, even most above the, I would say the average above average company spends a fraction at best 20 to 30% of their time actually strategically focusing on the sales process. Whereas we spend 100% of our time focusing on the sales process. We literally run your sales as a business. So you can't possibly replicate on your own what we do for you. Um, even if you are spending you know, hundreds of thousands, uh, just because of the volume and the frequency and the reach that we have, we bring so much knowledge to the table because we know everything that's going on in all the other campaigns, either the campaigns we're working on or a lot of the other people that if I'm not working on their, on their campaigns, um, well, I'm in masterminds with them. I know exactly what's going on in their campaigns. And we have conversations all the time. Just We just know things that most people just can't possibly know simply because of our access and our, and our volume. Right. I mean, I'm reminded of a lesson from history of the Roman legions, right, of the Roman Empire. Their, their enemies would try and equip levies with Roman equipment, give them the, the swords and the shields and try and train them and whatnot. And they never could perform as well as the original. There was something that was just not duplicatable about right. it. So you could, yeah, go out and try and hire a sales coach and get some processes in there and stuff. But it's just not the full-time work that you're doing, which it right. is in your case. So that, I guess, is a great foundation for being able to charge a, a high startup fee like that, right? Is right. knowing we are great in this area, right? We right. have a, a stupendously awesome solution. And so what, what else from that? What comes out from that? Yeah, that's, a, that, that's huge. It, you, understanding that you are great. You really, we, we call it owning your badassery. You know, it, I, can, I can honestly say that I haven't always owned my badassery. I've always been a very humble leader. I've always been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how in demand we are, or this is really cool. I'm just getting to a place over this last year where I'm just, I'm just owning it. You know, we're freaking good at what we do. Um, and uh, better than most. And the fact that we're consistently focus on getting better because I have this little mild paranoia about me that we might not be as good as we think. So it's this kind of, you know, Jekyll and Hyde thing going on with me that I think keeps us always, you know, striving towards perfection. Um, but then the other part is, is also really it's, it's being able to own the, the lane that you want to be in and not getting too squirrely. You know, don't try to be Jack of all trades. Don't try to be all things to all people. Um, be crystal clear about, what you do. And one of the great parts of that is, you know, we have tremendous positioning in the industry. Almost any room I walk into, somebody in there is going to know me as the outsourced sales guy, you know, and it's really cool when you can be in a room. You know, I was on an interview recently where, uh, you know, with Alina Vincent and she was saying she was at mastermind. And the first time she had met me, she was like, yeah, I'm looking, I need to uh, talk to somebody about sales team. And she was sitting at a table. We had, we were at this event that were all round tables and she, everybody at her table pointed across the room to me. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. That's a good, that, that's, that feels good. Like we're doing something right. So uh, that, that just comes from A, giving great results, being to being A, B, being clearly positioned. And then the third part is um, being able to have great relationships. You know, you need to make sure you're investing goodwill into the marketplace so that it uh, doesn't matter how good you are. If people don't 
like you or believe in you that or believe that you care about their best interests. So I do as much as I can to have to to put out goodwill into the marketplace. I serve wherever I can. I, you know, I, I have strategy sessions. I have, I get on phone calls with people who I know will never be a client or at least not in anywhere in the near future, just because I know I can, you know, give me 10 minutes with you. I know I can solve that problem. So why shouldn't I solve it? Just because they're not going to potentially pay me, you know, but that stuff has come back to us so many times over because I've, we've got some of our best referral sources have been coming from people who have never spent a penny with us. But they believe in us and they, they believe in, you know, in, our, in what we do and how we do it. And, and they see the value in us as, as people, right. which is, the, don't underestimate this, guys, because part of the reason that I can sell, you know, 50,000, you know, we, we are onboarding fees are anywhere from 7,500 to 50K. It just depends on the sizes and packages and all that. Um, but most of our clients, the clients who are paying us twenty to $50,000 onboard fees, they're also paying us, you know, up to 100 grand a year in commissions. So there's a pretty, you know, there's a heavy investment in what they're doing with us. And so it's not just a, Hey, give me your credit card kind of thing. Um, but the three things I just talked about with the positioning, the relationships and the results, those lead to having really simplified sales conversations because people show up with some clarity before they even get here as to who I am and how I can help them and what our company can do. And many times they just show up going, okay, just tell me how it works. And then let's figure out how do we do the, how do we do the money? And so it alleviates me having to be some tremendous strategic sales guy. Cause you're not starting to- from zero. Yeah, no, it's a massive, it's important guys. So if you don't have that set up, I highly recommend that's the first place you start is just getting crystal clear. Let's make sure the marketplace can be your ally mm-hmm. and, and choose them strategically and intentionally and start, you know, building that platform. If you have somebody, why would somebody refer someone to you? If right. you can't answer that question, start answering that right now. Right. right? And I've struggled with this folks. <laughs> I'm not exempt. You know, I'm not stupid or inexperienced, but I've still struggled with clarity in what I'm doing. So if you are, don't feel bad about it. Just acknowledge it and, uh, and start taking the next steps. Totally. You got to dive in. That, that should be the first thing you do um, after you get out done listening to this um, or wherever you're at. Just you got to know, answer that question. Why would somebody refer someone to you? And what, what kind of result can you give to somebody that would make them a raving fan? Please make sure you understand that we're going to dive deeper in this. We're going to into a little bit of tactics and some things, but, um, but this is the first part. If you can't get through this, your tactics are irrelevant. Um, but the other thing you have to figure out is understand this. A raving fan is far more valuable mm-hmm. than a satisfied customer. Satisfied customers don't mean anything. Satisfied. I mean, I mean, rewind that <laughs> satisfied customers are very important and that's the lifeblood of your business so i i correct that statement however their contract with you is to pay you for the service you rendered their contract with you is not to bring you more business so for them to be a happy customer and even give a testimonial most people feel like that's all they're required to do and it doesn't mean they don't like you or don't love you it just doesn't occur to most people to refer you or introduce you to somebody. And even if it does, they are busy running their business and their life. So they're not thinking about it. And then even if they are thinking about it, most of them don't know how to do it effectively. So there's a whole lot of barriers there that keep people from becoming a raving fan. If somebody's a raving fan, they, they will either, they either know how to promote you. They will promote you any way they can, or they will knock on your door and say, Hey, how can I help you? Right? Raving fans are people who will, 
sing your praises. And like I said, I, we've, you know, some of our best, our biggest raving fans have been people who never spent a penny with us. Mm-hmm. They just felt our impact in the marketplace, which has been awesome. Um, so <clears> raving so, fans need not mean revenue for you from them. Correct. It's, they are not equal. <laughs> They're no, not the same thing. Okay. They're not. Yeah, and definitely don't make the assumption that raving fans are always more valuable than a satisfied client uh, for the long term in the big picture. Um, so you need to be satisfying clients because that is one way, that that's part of your credibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's what leads to you know some of your stance in the marketplace, um, and then it, it keeps that confidence in play. Now here I I put this up. This, if those of you who are listening, you're not going to be able to see this, but I wrote this on my whiteboard. Um, and there's a there's a concept that I that I use is called park bench approach. Um, to to the sales conversation and the acronym if you want to write it down is just park is make a prevailing statement right grab their attention so prevailing and attention right Um, reflect what is familiar and take them through a known process so Mm -hmm. p-a-r-k right now what what you're trying to do with this is you're trying to most people make decisions on their terms, not on your terms. And so we're usually trying to help people make a decision based on what the way we make a decision and based on the logic that we have. But usually they're still operating in another thought process. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is link the thought processes together. And one way you do that is by being um, allies instead of adversaries. And whenever you have a table a desk, right. figurative or literal, in front of you, you now have to overcome that barrier. Right. Well, the park bench approach puts you on the mm-hmm. same side. So imagine when you're sitting at a park bench with somebody, you're not usually facing each other, you're facing right. the same direction and you're side by side. You're in a different position as allies than you are as adversaries trying to overcome something. Okay. So that's the first part is make a prevailing statement, grab their attention, reflect what is familiar, and connect a known thought process, park. Okay, the bench part is boost alignment, explain the obvious, right? Nail the familiar pattern, mm-hmm. connect the dots, and help them agree to what they know. Um, so park bench, all right? That's, that's the concept. Now here's how it works. This is what it looks like uh, in action. Um, this is this example that I, I used here. So if you're, you know, uh, this is actually something I went through with somebody, uh, a, a potential client a couple of days ago that we're gonna hear back from today, hopefully. Um, the concept here was you wanna have that make a prevailing statement, right? So when your talent, okay, or your focus is too thin, it leads to overwhelm, can we agree? Right, that you wanna make a, a prevailing statement. There's something that almost nobody can say no to, right? right? So you want something that's going, yeah, I agree. Okay, then it's just a matter of connecting each next sequence here. Okay, um, so you grab their attention. Now you're going to reflect what's known. Okay, once you get overwhelmed or distracted, can we agree that you tend to be less effective? Right? Yeah, that's a pretty logical assertion. And then when you are uh, less effective, can we agree that you may lose confidence? Yeah, when you, are le- when you lose confidence, um, can we agree that you make poor decisions or sometimes make no decisions? Right. And then, of course, when you make poor decisions, what also happens? Can we agree that when you make poor decisions, you tend to lose money and lose impact, which then sucks because now you don't have any joy or fun or desire in your in what you're doing, which then will lead to more overwhelm and repeat the cycle at a greater advantage. So what we want to do for you is we want to insert the joy 
the fun and the desire back into what you're doing. Hmm. We want to get you on point with, for your mission that we have been talking about, this match mission, the way you want to change the world and how you want to double your income and you want to be known as this thought leader and everything changing and progressing and doubling the year you had last year. And the way we want to do that is by helping you to stay narrowly focused on what you're doing because we come alongside you and we take a big chunk of your distraction off your plate. So now you can focus on what you need to do. So we reduce your overwhelm. We reduce your overwhelm, you're more effective. When you're more effective, you gain more confidence. When you gain more confidence, you make better decisions. And when you make better decisions, you make more money, more impact, have a hell of a lot more fun, joy, and desire in pursuing your mission. Right. So this is just a simple process that I walk people through just to gain. Now we're both on the side. We might have started on the opposite sides of the table. Right. As soon as we have this, now we're on the same side. Now it's a journey of, hey, how do we solve this together? Okay. Right. And we're so not talking about third party sales teams or process engineering or ads or any of that exactly. other nonsense. We moved exactly. off the solution, which I really, really like. Exactly. I'm not talking 100%. I'm not talking about details, how our team works, how our tech set up, um, none of that stuff. How, is our, how do we integrate CRM? I don't talk mm. any of that stuff. I'm purely talking about how do we help you actually accomplish your mission. And once there, this is all clear. Now, we're, this is the first step to gaining raving fans. Hmm. Right, because they feel good that you actually get them, that you understand them. You're both thinking the same way. You're both in alignment, right? So that's part of the bench, part of the acronym, right? You're boosting alignment. You're explaining the obvious. You're nailing the familiar pattern. You're connecting the dots, and you're helping them to agree with something they already know. So now you have this familiarity, like ah, oh, he totally gets me, right. and he's on my side, and he wants me to win, and he's ready to do this. Right. This is right. huge. I, I'm signed up. <laughs> I'm excited about it. And yeah. So just an example. So. Exactly. That, that's the process. That's the dialogue. And now from this, any part of the conversation is going to, you know, you can penetrate any part of this to, to mm -hmm. open the door. Now, please notice this, guys. I, I promise you, I do not talk about the deal. I don't get on the phone and go, yeah, we have a team of 120 salespeople and, and we have an online process and we have a campaign. We, I, do not get into any of that. They don't, that doesn't even come out until they've decided that they believe that they can get the result they want with me. Mm. Until then, they have no clue how it works. Right. And nor irrelevant. do they care. Exactly. Yeah. It's irrelevant. You know, and that's, uh, that's one of the, the, the steps, one of the keys when you're enrolling high ticket, when you're enrolling. You know, please hear this. Selling higher price products is almost no different than selling lower price products. There's only a couple of key tweaks that I, that I want to make sure that are inserted. But so pretty much everything about selling a bigger premium offering still applies. If you put all this stuff into place when you're selling a $2,000 offering, it all works the same. Um, but just know that when you're, when somebody's coming to you with a premium offering, the only two things you got to get clear about to start with is, is this a big player, somebody who invests heavily because they've got resources or is this somebody who's trying to become someone who has the resources, right? Because if you're talking to a multi-million dollar business owner, typically they've learned to make decisions differently. Right. When you're selling in a lower ticket, and I can't stand the term high ticket, low ticket, because it's all ambiguous and it's, it's such an overused term in the marketplace right now. But when you're selling somebody to a smaller price program, let's just say, you know, anywhere two to five grand, the average, those are set up for the average user. We'll call them the low end user, entry point user. Um, and the problem is most of those people are at a stage in their business 
that they haven't mastered the art of making the right decisions yet. Typically, hmm. they have a lot more overwhelm, typically more chaos going on. And so that's where all the tactics you need to help them calm down, help them move forward, make a decision, put a boundary in place. Like, well, you know, you need time limiters and urgency because, you know, you, urgency helps them get out of their own way. So when you say, you, have, you know, this, this, this deal goes off the table as soon as we end the call, or this deal goes off the table Friday at midnight when the cart closes, all that stuff, right? That's, so, that's all about helping them make a decision because typically most people suck at making decisions. And one of the biggest factors in people being able to become a multi-million dollar business owner is that you've learned to make better decisions, right? And so you don't get freaked out about a lot of this stuff. So you don't want to talk to somebody that could be, you're trying to sell somebody a $50,000 opportunity. You don't say, okay, well, um, if you don't do this by Friday, the deal goes away. Cause they're going to be like, okay. All right. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought, cool. Appreciate it. I'll get it next time, you know, or whatever. So that's, you're not here to do that. You, what you need to do is show value. You got to deliver clarity of what it is they're trying to accomplish. Certainty right? Inspire certainty in them that they can actually accomplish it now because you're with them. And then you got to instill the confidence. You have to show up with the confidence to know that you can handle this. Now this doesn't require, right? I, I can definitely say I show up differently now that I have, you know, that we've sold hundreds of millions of dollars in, in sales and that we've got a multi-million dollar company. Yes, I am absolutely a different person than I was when I had a six-figure company. No doubt about it. However, before I had a six-figure company, when I was in mortgage, uh, my, you know, or my first year of doing mortgage loans back in 2000, 2000, I think, um, was I, I got in with a guy, I was trying to find how do I get through to bigger people? Cause I, you know, I didn't want to do any more $96,000 loans. I wanted to figure out how I could get some bigger opportunities. And I came across a custom home builder, right? And his name was Raul. I'll leave the last name out. Awesome dude. But he was, he was building like four to six homes a year, small time guy, but had enough influence and strength and knew what was going on. And I was like, Hey, how do I want to help be your finance guy? Now, because he's been building homes, he's been a mortgage, he's been licensed as a in mortgage longer than I have. He knew more about mortgage than I ever knew because it's brand new, right? I was just a little pup in this game. Um, so I didn't sell him on all of my wild expertise. I sold him on the fact that I can take this problem off of his plate and make sure he never has to worry about it again. I said, you point me in the right direction. I have a team of people behind me. I've got 300 years worth of mortgage experience in, my, in the broker running the shop and the, all this stuff, right? So what I can do is I will handhold you. I will personally walk all of your loans from beginning to end all the way through completion and make sure nothing ever gets off track and that you never get screwed. And he's like, awesome. He goes, here's the deal. I'll do you one better. I'll, you can do all that and I will also tell you what to do just don't ever lie to me. If you, don't ever lie to me. If you don't think you can do something, tell me you can. Mm -hmm. We'll have a great relationship. And over right. the next three years, we did about 22 uh, loans together, including a shopping mall, strip mall. And it, gave me, it, was, it was a phenomenal relationship. But it started because I reached up, but I wasn't trying to be no badass. I didn't come to him like, dude, I'm the mortgage mm -hmm. king. I can do everything for you. I was like, look, man, this is the one little sliver of the world that I can take away from you. So you don't have to worry about it. So you can go out and conquer all the other things you need to conquer and don't have to worry about this part. He was like, awesome, because I don't want to do that. Right. Clearly, he's got a mortgage license, but as a home builder, that just wasn't something, there was a necessity. It wasn't a passion. It wasn't an interest. He didn't want to do it, right? So you can start by being extremely valuable, 
to somebody in a very narrow way. Hmm. Right. I'm going to let so, that sink in for a minute. <laughs> very much. Think about that. Because um, we, we think a lot of times we, we provide a grand solution. We try to think of what's the biggest way I can impact somebody. And you should be thinking about what's the best way you can impact them. Not necessarily the biggest, because sometimes the greatest impact comes from the most narrow focus opportunity. Just like that. Think about what that service was to a home builder. He's a contractor. He's got a billion other things that he has to worry about. So I wasn't taking any huge percentage of anything off of his plate. I was taking off one thing that was very important that had a high impact. That probably took 2% of his time on a general overall uh, but it cost him, you know, focus because it wasn't something he spent all of his time on. So he wasn't getting the best opportunity. Whereas I could put all of my time and attention on it to ensure that he got the best possible outcome right. that he might not have been able to on his own. I haven't been great about developing offers for this kind of thing, but I have known it for a long time and taken advantage of it uh, in that the people who are doing well in the world are desperate for talent. <laughs> like, please, please, will somebody competently come along and take care of this for me? Totally. Whatever it is. They really, really do want to do it. And money is not the concern for them. It's, no, it's a value. secondary or tertiary concern. They yeah. want to know it's being taken care of by somebody who gives a damn about it and, and won't lie to them. Yes. I think that's a huge deal. Like when you, when you said that, it stood out to me. as like the biggest thing. Right. Yeah. Give me reality. It's okay if you're going to, if you don't know how to do this one thing this one time, I can go get help to plug that gap, right? Yeah. Or I can give you guidance on, okay, go and learn this or go get this guy or something like that to help you, right? Exactly. But if you don't tell me about it, yeah, that's when things start to go off the rails and the project timelines get screwed up. And uh, yeah. home, in home building, that's really bad because if you Oh, totally. an inspection, let's say, like a municipal inspection, they probably are not coming back for another month. And exactly. That oh, yeah. can, that can hit performance bonds and all kinds of things. So I have a little experience in that realm. So yeah, well, we could, we could do that. The, the, the lesson to learn is come with good news quick and bad news quicker. Right? Mm-hmm. He was the first person who I ever heard that term from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was exactly it. He, you know, he knew what needed to be done. He just didn't want to do it and didn't have the time to do it. And so I was a huge value to him there. And he didn't have a problem getting on a three-minute phone call with me. And I could share something with him and say, hey, here's a hurdle. Here's what I'm thinking about. What do you think? Because hmm. I knew I had a solution, but I, he also, this guy's been doing this stuff for 25 years. So he might have another solution because he's probably run into this nag before. Okay. And so many times he would say, sure, run with it. Or he'd say, hey, what about this? Or call this guy. He might be able to help you. Awesome. Now he's in the loop or handle it. He spent three minutes out of his day talking to me and problem solved right. because I'm dealing with it. So you're saying it's not that important to have some impressive track record. You no. just need clarity on the problem you solve and the knowledge that, yes, I can actually handle this. And, and a lot of it sounds like it's like emotional intention as well. Tons. This is what, what now you know, we all, we, we've heard the term, you know, you, you buy on emotion and justify with logic. Um, that doesn't really change the higher price point you go up. You know, when people are going to spend 20 to 50, a hundred thousand dollars with you, they need to feel good about you. They're not, it's the rarest of occasions. Let's put it this way. I haven't seen it <laughs> where somebody doesn't really like me, but loves the outcome and the service. So they hire me. I haven't seen it. Not too often. Mm-hmm. 
you know, every once in a while you get somebody like, yeah, you might rub them the wrong way, but they still understand that, you know, you're, you have the best of intentions and all that, but it, they're not showing up just because they see the dollar signs. Oh, wow. You can make me money by selling this. Awesome. Do it. That right. doesn't work. Even if they start out with that, they still want to know on the back end. Cause there's, you know, here's the other part in today, 2019, I don't care how good you are, how unique you are. There's somebody else out there who can do what you can do. Yeah. So they don't need to take you on just because they feel something good or just because they think you can get the result. Somebody else can get them a result too. They want to get somebody who can get the result that they can trust, that they know understands them. So your job is to provide clarity, certainty, and confidence throughout the whole process. Right. Yeah, I see that a lot in, in marketing talk. How are you different? And I don't care. <laughs> just right. I literally don't care how you're different. The, the difference is in how you show up. Uh, as, as you pointed out before, we were... Uh, recording you know it's like yeah. it's like how are you how are you showing up today remember uh uh first job in the u.s in 2010 got in was finally allowed to work i'm working for this consultative sales trainer senior consultant to his sales training business and we go to a conference and uh some some guy asks so what makes you guys different and and ron holds up the bag that we got the grab bag and he says we have orange bags <laughs> <laughs> just blew past it and continued the conversation on there and and zeroed in on something useful right right so yeah that business about are you different or how are you different is just not that uh that important right. is, is it well different for different sake is useless mm -hmm. difference because you figured something out that's that can be important mm. right um but it's it still has to relate directly to the entrepreneur journey and mm -hmm. One of the things, you know, one of the a visual that you, that we need to, that might help is if you ever pull back a slingshot, right? You, you pull a slingshot back, a, you know, just a foot and let it go. Eh, your rock or your marble or whatever is only going to go forward to the same relationship to the distance that you pulled it back. If you've got something that you want to launch long-term, you're going to be stretching as far back as that you know, rubber will take it. And as far as your arms will go and you let that sucker fly and it's going to proportionally take a different journey and trajectory altogether. Right. And then of course there's nuance. If you pull it back into the right, it's going to go forward into the, you know, forward into the left. Right. So if you get that, if you put, picture the entrepreneur journey in that same perspective, right? Whatever their struggle is, if you can, if you can help them see that, help them connect the dots that right now you're going to, you, they are at a place where they are back into the right and you're going to help them move forward into the left. Right. Hmm. So you know, it's, it's a metaphor, but yeah. it's a simply, it's, you know, based on the problem that you have, here's where I know you can go. Right. Okay. And, but yeah. again, you're not There's guessing clarity. Yeah. You're, you're exactly clarity, confidence, and certainty. You need to inspire confidence in people or they're never going to buy from you. Not at $5 or $50,000. Mm -hmm. Right. They need to feel good. How many times have you ever gotten off the phone with somebody and you've gone, God, you know, that Jason, he's a really nice guy, but there was just something about him. I don't know. You can't, usually they're not going to identify it. They're mm -hmm. not going to be able to explain it to you. And even if they could, they won't. So they're not going to articulate it, but that's usually what's happening is they're going, yeah, there was just something I couldn't put my finger on. It's a little off, you know, and it's that something is in the clarity, something in the confidence or the certainty that they couldn't quite put a finger on. They didn't like it. 
They didn't like the way you it felt. They didn't like the way, you know, you you stammered about your words because you weren't you were searching for the right uh, explanation. You know, mm. uh, instead of just you know what this is something I do in my sleep, and I solved those problems for lunch. So how do you balance that need for certainty, confidence, clarity with not lying, <laughs> right? You don't, just for anybody who's listening who goes, well, gee, why don't you just tell everybody you can do anything then? Um, well, that to me is a dangerous concept. I've lived through that reality, uh, both in mortgage and in my alarm company. There was a time in my life where I only made sales to make money instead of to help people. Mm. Uh, and I can just say, easy come, easy go. Um, everything we gained, uh, we lost. Uh, I don't know. It was directly related to that. I believe it. You know, I believe God's involved there somewhere because um, I was dishonoring and, and not a good steward of what was given to me. Um, and we ended up losing a, few, a couple of houses that we had to short sale and foreclose on and file bankruptcy because everything hit us right in the butt in 2008. And we became a victim of what we created. And um, that was when I really started changing. Uh, in, in that time was um, I realized I, I have to start using my skills and my powers for good instead of evil and start helping people first and let the income take care of itself. And the crazy part is I make a lot more now than I did then. And people say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's easy for you to say that, Jim, because you, you know, you guys make millions. Well, we didn't start making millions until we started doing that. As soon as we started showing up to serve people first, regardless of the outcome, the revenue started following. Right. I think at a certain point in um, the journey of a salesperson, if you get any good, you realize there are sales you can make just because you can, because they're right. there to be made. And yeah. those can be the most dangerous. So I guess yeah. that my answer to my question there would be if you, if you know you're lying, if you know, if you don't have the certainty, <laughs> you know, of how can I actually get this done for this person? how can you declare that with confidence? Right. Right. Here, Self-defeating. Here, here's, here's another twist on that though. Um, because along the lines of the contractor, right. Mm -hmm. The home builder, he didn't care that I didn't know everything. Mm -hmm. he, he was long as he knew that I was working on it and communicating right. with him about it. Right. Um, and so we talk to clients plenty of times because we talk through scenarios. When I'm talking to somebody, we talk, oh, let's talk about your funnel, your scenario. What, you know, what's your launch strategy? What are the things you're doing to try to generate the leads, all that? And I'm either going to be inspired by what they're doing or have some input for what they're doing, or they're going to bring up a challenge that we haven't dealt with. And I'm going to say, okay, well, here's what I think we would do, but I'd be interesting because I would love to see that tested. And they're totally cool with it because they still, even though I don't know the answer, they appreciate the line of, of thought process that I'm taking to try to solve it. Hmm. You know, cause I'm not just going, well, gee, I don't know. Or making up some nonsense. I'm going, you know, here's a couple of things we could try, but I would love to split test them. And let's see, I think this would be the ideal result. But if we do this, here's what it's going to cost. If we do this, then we might have this, but we're just going to, we're going to lose this result over here. So right. we have to make a choice on which one's more important. Right. And then we'll go figure out the answer. And those are answers they can totally live with. Cause here's the thing, the way that I talk about it, it's clear that I don't know the answer, but it's clear that I know what the hell I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Like when people are hiring expertise, that doesn't mean they're hiring the right answer. Right. And that, that's a realization that I just had now while you were talking. I was like, ah, <laughs> right? yeah. they're not, there's no one right way to do anything. We know this. Right. right. And yet there's a lot of people out there who are 
eagerly searching for that magic bullet one right way. And unfortunately, the they're never going to find it. Uh, but so they're hiring you for your approach to the situation, for your honesty about the boundaries and the limits. And hey, there's a black hole here. I got to go fill in, right? I need yeah. to go find out what. Well, because the other part of that is knowing your assets, asset, assets and your network, right? I belong to some pretty powerful masterminds. I have, fortunately, because of our business model, um, all of our clients are very powerful business owners uh, and strong uh, you know, in their areas. And so I, it's a resource for me. And so I let my clients know that. Say, hey, if, we're, if you're experiencing a challenge, I'm gonna take it to my mastermind. I'm gonna also take it to my team. I'm gonna take it to, you know, we're gonna look at what our other clients have been doing about it because I work directly with all of our other clients and their marketing teams and their Facebook companies and all this stuff. So I have access to a ton of incredible knowledge that, that does this more specifically than I do. Right. So it's not, I'm not just selling me when they're, when you're working with, you pay to work with us, you're paying to work with my brain, my expertise. What, what embodies me and Cindy is not just me. It's this incredibly brilliant, talented business leader that I work with and my wife um, and our team who is incredible. We have tracked just nothing but ridiculously awesome, talented people all the time. And don't think for a minute that I don't lean on them anytime. I, I ask them for questions even when I know the answer, just because I want to know what kind of answers they're going to give. And then it might be some better or a different perspective than what I was taking. We, we do that on group calls all the time with my team leaders and stuff. I'm like, well, here's, we saw, like if we're working on 10 campaigns, that might be, you know, might be four or five team leaders working on those 10 campaigns. We all get together in a meeting and solve all the problems for all of the campaigns and share information across all the platforms. Then we go to our client, our client go, wow, we just figured something out that's working on another campaign. We want to try that on this one. You know, so it's, it's that clearly states that I don't know all the answers, but I absolutely know how to get them. Right. Yeah. And there's the expertise right there. Yeah. Is, isn't that, it's funny how it ties into uh, what you were saying about being able to make decisions and the, the different levels, right? Because Amen. how to get to the right answer is a process for making decisions. It's, it's the same thing. And that yeah. leads to the higher level of, uh, of executive out there, business owner. Yeah. All right. Did we miss anything on the notes? Um, just, just make sure, I know we touched on the honesty piece. Don't lie to them at all. Mm -hmm. um, but tell them the truth, not just about what your shortcomings might be or what you might be missing, you, you, here's one of the biggest challenges with selling it to a premium buyer. If you're selling, you're talking to, let's say Tony Robbins shows up on your doorstep and he wants to hire you for what you do. Hey, and it could absolutely happen, especially if you're open to that. Hmm. Uh, are you, if he says something to you that you know is blatantly wrong, huh. how are you going to respond? Right. Most of the, now I can tell you this five years ago, I would not say, I would not tell him he's wrong because I was too nervous. Mm -hmm. I would have been way too overwhelmed and impressed by the situation. And I would have said, Oh God, no, no, that's wrong. But I'm going to, Tony, I will do what you want, man. I would love mm -hmm. to work with you. Where today he's sitting across from me or sitting next to me on the park bench. I'm going to say, Tony, I totally see where you're coming with that, but that's not been my experience. Mm -hmm. I got 25,000 sales conversations worth of data that says that's wrong. But I'm, I'm open to looking at it for we're going yeah, to How did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, and so you got to be willing to be radically honest with them, even if it may cost you a deal. And you'll find out realistically that most of the time they appreciate you for it, even if they don't like what they hear. Mm -hmm. 
because they're going to have to accept again, going back to that, you know, the seven figure, the bigger you are in business, not always, not an absolute rule, but the, the more you've gained in business, you've earned more money, which means you've taken bigger risks. You probably have a bigger team. You've hired more people. You've negotiated more contracts. You've done stuff. You've, you, there's no way you get there without doing the personal work. So most of the time, those are people that you can have phenomenally honest conversations with without people getting offended. I have learned that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They're, because, they're as open most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's the rarest of occasion where you're going to get a client at that level who's going to go, what the hell are you talking about? It don't work that way. I don't yell at people. I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm patting, not going to break my arm patting myself on the back, but I'm far too evolved for that. Yeah. Got way bigger things to worry about. There is not a single problem that can ever happen in my company hmm. that can destroy the company or destroy me. So right. why react that way? What are you going to incinerate your energy on today? Yeah. <laughs> You've only yeah. got so much of it. What are you going to burn it on? Right. Yeah. So those are different things to, to be able to, to really bring into play. If you can nail all of that, um, you'll have no problem selling the, 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 the value of what you do. Now, uh, you, you said something like early on, one of the first sales you got to make is to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that may be the most important part of this whole equation because everything else we talked about is irrelevant if you don't believe it. Yeah. And so, that comes out of that clarity. Completely. Who am I solving for what? What sliver of a problem? Because again, I, folks, I've been guilty of this. Trying to go for the grandiose, let's solve the entire business problem, right? Uh, and, and that leads you into a quagmire. Because then who are you? What are you? You try to be something to everybody. So Yeah. So you've got to sell out to the fact that you can actually do this and that you know your part, own your badassery and disown what you don't know. Now, here's the two ways you got to look at, like, um, like us as a, as a company. Um, we pr- focus all of our, our energy on converting sales, which means you have to have the marketing handled because we don't right. do the marketing. We will consult you on your marketing because I'm pretty freaking smart about it. I know more than the average bear, that's for damn sure. I just don't typically want to take on the responsibility of your marketing since I already have the responsibility of converting your sales. So I can speak into it and there's certain things that I am really, really knowledgeable in and other things that I'm secondhand knowledgeable in. And then there's, um, there's other times where I just need to bring somebody else in because I don't want to say something. You might have a really complex situation that mm-hmm. I think I know other people who can look at it and they can, you know, and they dream about looking at that stuff. And I don't, right. I don't want, as soon as somebody opens up a funnel and it's got 15 rows, right. Columns. I'm like, gosh, oh, <laughs> really yeah. I don't want to be yeah, sucked into this. Right. No. So it's great information, but I would, it's not that I don't know what to do, but I would much, I have other people that I bring mm-hmm. in. Right. So the key is knowing, do you even want to solve it or do you want to secondhand solve it? Right. You can say, Hey, I can bring you a solution for that. Or you can just say, you know what, you go solve that and come back to me, but you need to know where you begin and end. Yes. You know, you don't want to say, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of that. And then all of a sudden they send you this chart, this flow chart and you're going, Holy crap. I don't even know how to, where, where are all the pitfalls here? Mm -hmm. Right. So then you become the author of your own destruction and you don't want that. So this is not about psyching yourself up to charge $50,000. I hope that listeners get that. It's a process here of of the clarity. The confidence is a result, I believe, of having the clarity. 
hundred percent. Yeah. You fake it till you make it is, uh, I don't want to poo poo on it totally. Cause it works in a vacuum. Hmm. It works. It's a, I'll tell you where it's the most effective is between you and the mirror. Yeah. Right? Okay. Between you and the mirror, you sometimes you just got to fake it till you can get your butt up off the floor. Cause you just got kicked in the teeth. You had a bad week, a bad month, a bad situation. You lost a client, something happened and it can be devastating. And you have to start, instead of beating yourself up, you got to find some way to art, even if it's artificially lift yourself up, but do not ever artificially inflate yourself publicly. Cause that will come back. It could be a death sentence that will come back on you. Mm-hmm. And here's the big piece. Even when you do it to yourself, it's, I only do fake it till you make it to get my first step. Just to get my first step. Once you get to step two, that has to be self-propelled mm-hmm. because your subconscious in your brain, when you start saying fake it to you, you can say, I'm the baddest, I've done this, I'm a multi this and whatever, your subconscious and your brain already knows you're lying. You might be fooling everybody else, but you are not fooling right. yourself. <laughs> and so your, your barometer will immediately drop you back down to normal because you're, you're, you will know you're full of crap. So go out and take a risk and realize, hey, I just survived that risk. I can do it again. And then take a bigger risk. Try, you know, and then you start building real confidence. And then you can stand on that all day long. Right. Right. Well, this has been a super exciting conversation, Jim. I appreciate you being here. Um, it's, I think we're going to help a lot of people with this, with this episode. Yeah, I hope so. It's, um, it's, um, it was a great topic because it's not something I talk about uh, right. a lot. So it was, it was good to, to get my thoughts around it. So yeah, Some organization. And thank you for the example on the whiteboard there. Yeah. That, uh, Park I personally Park. have pulled a lot of, of, of information out of that one. Excellent. Uh, and I look forward to reviewing the video. <laughs> so yeah, I, awesome. I see it again. Uh, so folks who are in a position where they want to, they're already doing okay, and they want to grow their business, where, who are they and where, when should they be talking to you? How, they, how can they connect with you? Yeah, we, um, we, we don't typically work with startups. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't really have a shallow end of the pool in, in our playground. You, you jump in, you're in the deep end pretty much right from the get-go. So if you're a six-figure entrepreneur and you're trying to break through that next level, you're striving for that half a million, uh, or you're trying to do that first six-figure launch, you know, you've had some success, but you really you, you need something more tangible, or you're just trying, you're, you have, you're accelerating, right? That's, that's the first step. Um, we have companion plans to be able to help you. We can walk alongside you to be able to make that happen. Um, but if you're the sweet spot for us is um, if you're already, you know, if you're a seven figure entrepreneur um, or, or getting close to it and you've got a really dialed, um, you know, dialed knowledge on your, your marketing base, approved concept there, your the biggest place for us to come in is when you've realized that the highest and best use of your time is no longer running, hiring, training and maintaining a sales team. Then you get, that's where we come into play. And, uh, and I would say the best place to go is to uh, gtenow.com forward slash get hyphen strategy. And we'll get you the link. So it'll be in the show notes here. But gtenow.com forward slash get hyphen strategy. And uh, there's a ton of information about how we work. There's a lot of videos from clients that we've worked with. Uh, And then there's a link to book a time to talk to us. And I, and I welcome that conversation no matter what you're doing, because even if I can't, even if you're not ready to hire us or we, it doesn't fit, I can absolutely shed some light on what you're doing. I guarantee you, you know, 30 minutes with me, we'll find some way to spark and light a fire under your sales strategy for the year. And so I'd love to help. Yep. They ought to be paying for that. 
in my opinion. <laughs> that's how yeah. that's how valuable it is. So fantastic. Uh, uh, we'll get those uh, links up there. And I appreciate you being here today, Jim. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man.